Atomic Down Poinsettia, Chapter 15. Happy Immigration Birthday. Cleaned the piss out of Summer's apartment that day. Yeah, when I got up and I just recognized, you know, I cleaned it good. I mean, I, I, I cleaned it as far as to take what little money I had left and run up to Ralph's and rent a rug cleaner, go back, you know, clean the rug, the carpet, some of the upholstery, and then... I pulled the glass and the shitty wicker table, you know, cleaned all that out, polished every fucking thing. I aired out everything, you know, opened up the sliding door out into the courtyard. Hmm. It was a nice little courtyard with just, you know, metal lawn chairs and, you know, the little table and everything with the umbrella. Huh. I hadn't sat out here before. But anyway, um, summer wasn't going to be back for a few days, but look, I was... I was going to fly right. I was going to stop being so fucking selfish. You know, Beatrice over at Alta Vista Apartments probably wondered where the fuck I had been. You know, she was shitting herself, wondering where I'd been spending my time. Who it had been with. Why I'd been so preoccupied and absent from our agreement. Well, obviously, I couldn't tell her who I was with. I don't know. I don't want to rock the boat for Summer. I don't want to rock the boat for Beatrice either. But if I let the cat out of the bag, it could get back to Rosemary. And then all hell was going to break loose after the fucking warning there. I don't know what Rosemary was capable of. Summer was concerned, and that was enough for me. Yeah, this is a chicken shit moment. How do I deal with this? I have to deal with it. I can't keep ignoring it. I decided that morning to, you know, put forth a fucking effort and, you know, Slow down a little bit and pay attention to other people instead of my wants. I mean, things between Summer and I were great. I was happy. Things were wonderful. Don't fuck it up now, man. Hadn't it been for B, none of this shit would be happening in the first fucking place, I thought to myself. After cleaning the apartment, I, I sat down on her beautiful big black sofa with the big poofy pillows, and I thought about what the fuck I should do and how I should do it. I really couldn't afford to make any fucking moves until Summer got home, and what do you know? Lo and behold, the phone rang one time. That was the signal Summer and I had set up so I'd know it was her. I jumped up from the sofa and stepped over by the phone in the dining room. After a minute or two, it rang again, just to be sure I picked up the phone, but I didn't say anything. About three or four seconds went by before she spoke. Brit? Hi, baby. I spoke up, happy to hear her voice. Hi. She responded. I finally got a hold of you. Oh, I'm sorry, baby. I started. I- I've just been running around town. I did some grocery shopping. That's okay, I heard her say. I just want to let you know that I'll be back tomorrow about three o'clock. I sat down at the uh, dining room table I had just cleaned. In the afternoon, I asked. <laughs> yeah, in the afternoon, she snickered. You going to be there? Yeah, I shot back. You can count on it. Okay, good. Grab a pen and pad of paper I have on the kitchen counter, she instructed. I want to give you the number here so you can get a hold of me. I leaned from the chair over to the counter and grabbed the small notepad and pen from a cup filled with them. Okay, I'm ready. She gave me the number where she was staying along with the room number. The room number threw me and... Is John there with you right now? I asked cautiously. 
Oh, no, no, he's not here, she replied. Oh, I said kind of suspiciously. Well, what do I do if, um, you know, if John answers? Oh, don't worry, he's not going to answer, she informed me. I'm at a hotel. At a hotel? I said a little stunned. Yeah, in Great Falls, she laughed. When I broke up with him last night, he kicked me out, so I just came up and got a room, worked a little bit. Oh, I didn't like fucking hearing that at all, but mm, what could I say? She gave me the information on the hotel. She gave me the information on her flight, and, well, I said goodnight to her, and I, um... Ah, fuck, I hate she was working last night. It bothered me. Felt sorry for myself. That's a better way of putting it. Next day, I picked her up at the LAX. She looked so good, bounding off that jet bridge from the gate. I love it. She had her full-length, wine-colored locks falling about her face and her polo-clad shoulders come bounding off there in those shorts. It's like a pair of sailing shorts, her bare tan legs all intertwined with mine when she ran into me. <laughs> she smelled fresh and clean. Her lips met mine full, and we kissed hard, and just, oof. Her arms wrapped around my neck. Mine just couldn't touch her enough. I was just... <laughs> After we broke from the kiss, she smiled and whispered in my ear, I am so horny. <laughs> Of course, yeah. First thing we did when we got back to West Hollywood was, yeah, that. Probably goes without saying up to that point, however, um, B and Rosemary were still completely in the dark about our relationship. You know, aside from Barrick, who I'd bragged to, no one person knew Summer and I were together. We were lying in bed after we got home, and, well... I relayed my concerns about the Beatrice situation to her. To my surprise, she absolutely agreed. We both decided it'd be best for me to go back over to Alta Vista for a little while. I hadn't been back or even so much as talked to Beatrice for days, maybe a week. I knew she was probably flipping the fuck out to where her husband was. I got up, I got dressed, I kissed Summer goodbye, and... I made my way back over to Alta Vista Apartments. My prediction about Beatrice, absolutely correct. <laughs> Beatrice was outraged when I returned to the apartment. She screamed. She threw things. and Well, I knew it was a lot of drama behind it, but still, she was pissed and rightfully so. I let her get her bitch on. I said nothing. I let her scream for several minutes. Long as she didn't start fucking punching me again, I, you know, wouldn't escalate, okay? <laughs> finally, after letting her yell and letting her accuse me of this and that, I finally fired back. B! B! What, baby? She screamed back from the bar. I have to talk to you. I just have to talk to you calm, okay? Can we sit and talk? Those are my exact words. Okay, baby, you tell me then, you tell me, she yelled, lowering her voice a bit while grabbing a chair and sitting down at the cheap dining room table. You speak to me. I didn't get excited. I took a chair at the dining room table and sat down across from her. I took a long, slow breath and spoke. 
Be, I'm seeing somebody. Okay, she screamed. You see someone, so? Be, stop fucking yelling at me or I'm going to get up and I'm walking. She pulled back immediately. I'm sorry, baby. You tell me. Put my elbows up on the glass and just came clean. Beatrice, I'm in love with somebody. I think I'm really in love with somebody. Baby, she said, putting her hands up on mine. Her comforting, warm response really, it, it surprised me. She she live nearby? Yeah, in the neighborhood, I said. I want to meet her, Brit. Please, be pleaded. I want to meet her. Put my face and my hand on the glass dining room table. I, oh, I want you to meet her too, but... You just can't yet, okay? Why? B pleaded. I'm in love. I've never been in love with anybody before. This is the first person I've ever been in love with, and I love her. I want to spend the rest of my fucking life with this woman. I couldn't believe it just flew out of my fucking mouth. But it did. Right there at the shitty, cheap-ass, matching fucking dining room table. I'll bet Rosemary bought them for Christmas. You know, in retrospect, of course, Beatrice was fine with the relationship I was having with the other woman. After all, she was seeing a guy named Tiercy. That's right. He just lived a few apartments down the hall. Yeah. I knew she had a boyfriend. Didn't bother me one fucking bit. She wasn't really my wife. Yeah. At one point, I guess he had been the roommate of Ricardo, but had moved out. Yeah. So who was Tiercy? Don't really know or give a fuck. He ran a nearby Mexican restaurant, I think. Other than that, other than eating at the place once in a while for free, I, I didn't give a shit. Beatrice could do it with him daily and I couldn't care. I just knew where I stood. I had to play husband. Why don't any of her boyfriends marry her? That's what I wanted to know. Anyway, Beatrice wanted to know more about the woman I was seeing, but for obvious reasons, I refused to give her any details. None of her fucking business anyway, as far as I was concerned. Well, it was her business, but it wasn't. I mean, she asked me to invite her over to the, you know, woman's place, but of course that wasn't going to happen anytime soon. At least I didn't have to sneak around anymore, you know? I didn't have to keep the secret regarding the woman I was seeing. She knew I was seeing somebody, she just didn't know who. As long as I could keep that part hidden, I I was sure nothing would get back to Rosemary. I didn't even let her know where I was staying, okay? But I did agree to stay with Beatrice four nights a week. That was the deal. I was going to stay with Beatrice four nights a week. That would take a lot of pressure off her, make her happy, and take a lot of pressure off me too. And when I told Summer about the arrangement, she liked that. She said, it'll give me a chance to work. There goes that word work again. I hate that term. Two things of significance happened during that period of time. One, Beatrice and I made our first visit to their immigration lawyer in Century City. I was tickled shitless to see he was on the sixth floor of the very building they'd used in the movie Die Hard. (laughs) Yeah, when I saw when I saw that my lawyer's office was in the Nakatomi Plaza, sure, I like that. 
We went to the main lobby and I found myself looking for John McClane. Every fucking corner I was looking for McClane. Yeah, one of the bad guys. Starstruck as usual. He went up to the young lawyer's office on the sixth floor. I don't remember his name. He was a nice guy, though. Late 30s, early 40s. I played the game. At first, I put on a lovey-dovey act with Beatrice, and now we walked in the office, and it was just fucking stupid. I mean, <laughs> there was no doubt in my mind the young lawyer wasn't buying our marriage. Yeah. Despite the fact that I told him I'd love Beatrice, he must have been able to see it in my eyes. After our meeting in his office, the young lawyer requested to speak with me privately in an adjoining room. V complied and waited in the main office while the two of us stepped over by ourselves. After over there, he closed the door and then looked at me with both his hands in his pockets. You happy? He asked, leaning forward, kind of. I nodded. Yes, sir, I'm happy. He smiled, pulling his hands out of his pockets and sliding them down the front of his legs and then stepping over. You know, in a few months, we... um going to have to go before immigration, and they're going to separate you two and ask some pretty private questions. You know that, right? All right, I answered, confidently, understandingly, not really realizing what kind of a ride I was in for. He nodded. You going to be able to answer them questions? I cocked my head and winked. I'm all right, man. Okay, he responded, slapped me on the shoulder. After that, he opened the door, and I joined B, and we both stepped out into the main hallway. That guy was not buying a fucking thing, I was saying. Yeah, I knew it. He knew it, too. We were just playing a fucking game, and he was getting paid. As long as he's getting his fucking retainer, just do your fucking job. That was my thoughts. Still, as Beatrice and I left the building, I had to stop and take a gander and look back. Shit, yeah. I was starstruck by the fucking building. I was the only one to laugh for the joke, but I stopped B outside and I said, I wonder if he fucking handled Holly and John's divorce. <laughs> Beatrice looked at me confused and, well, we laughed. My 20th birthday was rapidly approaching. Beatrice told me that Rosemary, of all people, had called and said she wanted to throw me a party. Fuck! I thought. I truly had zero desire to see that bitch again, but... Wow, a party? Was it a setup or a party? Hmm. I was suspicious, but... Beatrice informed me that Michelle would be driving me to my own surprise birthday party at Rosemary's. That's right. Summer a.k.a. Michelle, was going to do everybody a favor and drive me to my own surprise birthday party on the night of my birthday because B was going to be busy whipping somebody's ass in Beverly Hills. Yeah, the life of an escort agency, folks. You have to carpool sometimes. And Rosemary's number one girl was going to give me a ride <laughs> at the behest of Rosemary. She certainly believed in playing with fire, didn't she, bitch? 
Over the phone, Rosemary had told Beatrice it was going to be a quiet surprise gathering for my birthday. I didn't even realize the bitch knew it was my birthday. It's the last fucking time I ever let her wash my pants. She obviously saw my Oklahoma driver's license and that sneaky, obsessive, compulsive bitch, leave it to her. She probably photocopied the fucking driver's license. Sorry, forgot to mention, when I was being held prisoner in that pent hell of hers, I forgot to mention the fucking copy machine she had. She had a fucking copy machine, the fucking pent hell. She probably has all my information somewhere. Ooh, I hate her ass. But I had to play the game. I had to play the game and, well, be grateful. And because it was supposed to be a surprise party, I also had to act stupid grateful. Baby Rosemary, ask me what kind of steak you like. Beatrice asked me while she was washing dishes in the kitchen. No shit. Rosemary had asked B to be all clandestine and find out what kind of steak I like to eat so she could prepare it as the main course for my birthday dinner. Mm-mm, wasn't going to be round steak tonight, bitch. Flaming yawn, B. I responded from the living room watching TV. Writhing my hands together, considering how much it's going to cost her ass to buy that shit. Yeah, I, I I don't know that I realized I was being a little shit ass, but I I I enjoyed being a shit ass. You you you, you pick your fucking battles, folks, and I pick mine. Flaming yawn, P. That's what I said. Be a knowledge, and I heard her later on the phone telling Rosemary how much I love flaming yawn. To my surprise, without hesitation, Rosemary agreed. Hey, my surprise birthday party would be catered with plenty of flaming yawns to go around. She told B that she got a brand new gas grill for the uh, fucking rooftop. Yeah. Got approval from the fucking fire marshal to have a barbecue grill up there. And guess who had to cook his own birthday fucking dinner? Yeah, they don't know how to run that shit. It should have irritated me, but, well, it didn't, really. Sure. I can handle the fucking grill. Is this a fucking surprise birthday party or not? I was really indifferent about the party. I really was. I figured it'd probably only be three or four people, you know. Some of Rosemary's girls. The great thing, though, was... That summer was driving me, but, you know, I had to pretend like she was Michelle now, and I had to play the game, yeah. You see, now B knew I was seeing somebody, but she didn't know who. As a matter of fact, right before I left the apartment, because Michelle had buzzed up, right before I left for the party, Beatrice wished me well. Have good time at party, baby. I saw you. I had to work. Oh, hon, thank you. I hate it that you have to work. I assured her. I'll have a lot of fun, I'm sure. I'll just have Michelle drop me off, and, um... And then I'll go over to my girl's house, okay? Okay, baby. Happy birthday. I see you tomorrow? Yeah, yeah, I'll come by sometime tomorrow. My God, I was a 20-year-old fucking gigolo. Yeah, I came out and I studied acting under Susan Strasberg. As a matter of fact, I had a class scheduled. I was going to be going back. Yeah, I'd been accepted back to Susan's class. That's what I came out for, but I ended up being a fucking whore. I was whoring myself between two, a 22-year-old and a 23-year-old. Holy shit. I went downstairs and I got in the car with 
Michelle, a.k.a. Summer, <laughs> and off we went to my 20th birthday party. Surprise birthday party. I felt kind of cheap, yeah. Yeah, I was going to my whore 20th fucking, ooh, fake surprise fucking birthday party. I didn't know how to feel. I was just happy to see Summer, who I had to pretend was Michelle now. God damn it. To my disappointment, when she was in that frame of mind, I didn't get a lot of affection from Summer. As a matter of fact, she acted like Michelle when she fucking picked me up in the record in West Hollywood. And off we went to Rosemary's Pent Shit. Mother, yeah. tell your children not to walk my way. Tell your children not to hear my words, what they mean, what they say. Mother. I just wanted to get past the surprise birthday party and then hopefully get to spend the night with Summer. That was going to be my birthday treat. I was surprised when uh, Michelle and I pulled up in her Mercor at Rosemary's penthouse and um, Michelle had the garage opener in the Mercor. Oh, you're parking in here? I asked Summer. Yeah, she said. Rosemary uh, sold her other car. Sure enough, the... um. Yeah, BMW was there, but the Cutlass was gone. Summer parked her little sporty Mercor right next to a Rosemary's high-dollar Beamer, and, yeah, up we went to the dungeon. The whole time, my summer was keeping it just as formal as ever, and, yeah, I'm sure she was just as miserable as I was. I just hated the fucking... Elevator dinged, opened up. We walked towards Rosemary's penthouse door. Nothing had changed. As we approached Rosemary's penthouse door, it opened up, and I was shocked to see B's former roommate, Jenny. Hi, Jenny, I smiled. Hey, she exclaimed. Summer and I both, excuse me, Michelle and I both let out a simultaneous hi as Jenny opened the door and stepped back. As soon as I stepped in, the roar from inside overwhelmed me. Everybody screamed. I looked around the room. Sectional was lined with Rosemary's girls, but, I mean, everybody. There was Karen. There was her sister. Oh, my God. There was girls I didn't hide. There's Brittany. I stepped inside laughing. Hey, guys. Thanks. It was then. I looked over by the fireplace in front of Rosemary's chase. There was Barrick, kicking it by the fireplace, sitting on the floor with a scotch in his hand. What the fuck was he doing here? <laughs> Bear? Hello, old chap, he grinned, toasted his drink in the air. Astounded, I glanced over at Summer. She looked at me, winked, and smiled. Look over there by Rosemary, she said, pointing in the direction of the chase. I looked over. There was Rosemary, smiling, ear to ear, jubilant madam, yeah, in her usual fucking white nightgown, but, well, she had makeup on and her hair done up. She looked nice, shitty nice, but nice, standing directly behind her. My old roommate, Mark. 
How about it? I couldn't fucking believe it. Rosemary was standing there smiling. My friend Mark, Lakewood Mark, American Ensign, the guy who had pulled me off the fucking street, was standing behind Rosemary next to the sliding door which led to the roof. The second he saw the look on my face, he busted out laughing. <laughs> His mohawk was gone. It had a full head of brown hair now. <laughs> Still dressed all in black, but hey, he had, had a full head of hair. I was even more surprised to see Mark standing right next to Jerry. Jerry, yeah. Jerry was one of the girls that worked at accounting at American Ensign. She lived all the way out in Riverside, California. What the hell was she doing here? And if that wasn't enough, sitting right next to Jerry was Jessica. Punk rock Jessica. The one I'd lived next door to in Lakewood. I immediately charged around the sectional, ignoring everybody, just to get to Mark, my old friend Mark. As soon as I got within arm's reach of him, I hugged him right over the top of Rosemary. I did. I grabbed the bitch and him simultaneously and just squeezed him up against me. I was so excited to see him. <laughs> Take it easy, Brett. Rosemary said as I squeezed the two of them. I just couldn't believe Mark was here. What the fuck was he doing at Rosemary's penthouse? It was my 20th birthday, and I looked around the room. There were no less than 15 people there. This was not a small gathering. How did this happen was all I could keep thinking. I looked over at Summer, who was making her way around the sectional over to sit down. She looked at me and smiled. Smiled big. She didn't smile like Michelle. She smiled like Summer. Before I could even get myself a drink, I was immediately pushed down to the end of um, Rosemary's Chase, you know, next to her dirty fucking feet. And, well, one of the cute little blondes that worked for Rosemary came in and she didn't just kind of strip. She immediately stripped for me all the way, completely nude. And, yeah, she rubbed her stuff all over me. Hmm. All I could do is try to sit there and not to get a heart on yeah well between rosemary's dirty ass feet and barrack laughing his ass off to my left along with jessica sitting next to him it was yeah mark was so shocked i think he went out on the fucking roof of the uh penthouse yeah i looked over oh well that's kind of a relief summer was taking pictures <laughs> okay it must be okay yay so I let myself cut loose and enjoy it. Afterwards, it was time to make the uh, fabulous filet mignon dinner. Rosemary had had the grill completely put together and out there on the, uh, you know, roof deck waiting on me. 
inconspicuously. She asked me if I could handle a charcoal grill, which of course I couldn't. You know, I'll give Rosemary this. She must have spent three or four hundred dollars on it. It was a nice big hooded charcoal grill. It's made good quality, decent one. Yeah. She's got plenty of charcoal too and plenty of fluid. I can handle that. Yeah. And like a true sweetheart, she had gone out and probably spent it was ridiculous. These were nice cut filet mignons. They were beautiful. I I wasn't that spoiled, really. I mean, I, she really put some money behind it and completely fucked it up before I had a chance to cook it. That's right. Rosemary probably spent a thousand dollars on filet mignons and every fucking one of them she had marinated in straight brandy. You dig? Straight, nasty-ass, intoxicating fucking brandy. Not diluted with water or olive oil or salt, pepper, nothing. Fucking brandy. That was it. No seasoning. And I had to grill this flammable shit on the roof of a high-rise in West L.A. Are you fucking kidding me? I was working on fucked up, yeah. It could have gone bad so many ways. It didn't. Yeah, I could have been the 20-year-old birthday torch boy of Los Angeles. Uh, Mark helped me, thank God. We had a big long set of tongs trading off, trying to stay fucking upwind of the vapor cloud. Flames would shoot out randomly, searing hands and faces. We stunk like fuck cleaning them. We stunk like fuck cooking them things. We did. It was like 15 or 20 fucking filet mignons all cooked beautiful mid-rare medium, okay? It was hard to tell in the vapor cloud. But we got them trade. We got them inside and nobody could eat them. You know why? Burnt brandy. Yeah. Every filet mignon tasted like burnt, rancid fucking brandy. Okay? They were inedible. Wasn't my fault. It was the marinade queen. Thank you, he fucked up. <laughs> oh, God, they were gross. But I was grateful. Fuck. It was strange when um Summer pulled me to the side, yeah, damn near over to my old guest bedroom down the hall and asked me if I wanted the girl who had stripped for me. That was foreign to me. That hit me kind of sideways that night, too. Just not the fucking nasty-ass flaming yawns. Yeah. Summer pulled me to the side when Rosemary was busy in the living room entertaining everybody. And, well, she asked me if I wanted the woman who had stripped for me. And I, I said, are you serious? Yeah, it's okay if you want her. Just do it right here. You guys can just, you know, real quick, I'll pay for it. I was astonished.
that she had even asked me. I know I sound like a fucking... I didn't like it. I didn't want to fuck anybody else. As good looking as the woman was who stripped for me, I didn't want to fuck anybody else. I told her no. Party was kind of winding down. Karen and her sister left. I think Jenny left. Everybody left. I looked out on the roof. Barrack was starting to strip for the women in the living room, so I excused myself out on the roof because Mark was standing out there. Yeah. I left Jerry and Jessica inside to watch Barrett get naked ass. I went out to talk to my friend Mark. Hey, man. I asked when I stepped outside. Mark had been staring out over at the Carlton. It's the best place to stare when you're up on the roof of that building. (laughs) He immediately turned around and looked at me and smiled. How the hell did you do this, Stan? (laughs) I don't know, man. I said, walking over. How the fuck did you get here? I asked right back. He smiled. (laughs) Um, That woman in there with the red hair um, called me like a week ago and said, you had a birthday coming up. Are you fucking serious? I said, looking back inside as Summer is taking pictures of naked Barrett dancing in the living room. Yeah, she called me and she called Jessica, she called Jerry, she called everybody. What's up with you? I asked, pointing at his black long sleeve shirt, black pants, black boots, and the full bushy head of hair. You let your hair grow out and everything? Yeah, he said, looking back out over the city. I left American Ensign, man. I'm going to go into the seminary. His eyes just stared out over the night, and he spoke. I didn't know what to say, so I just stood silent, and I listened. My brother, he, um, he jumped off a building. Not much shorter than this one he he jumped off and um he lay there for four days he had drug problems and we were all trying to help him we were all afraid something had happened and we were looking I was looking we was all looking I keep trying not to remember riding by where they found him but every time I close my eyes I'm back there passing where he was my friend Stan I I love you and I give a shit about you and I just hope you know what you're doing I don't Mark I love you too man I'm not being stupid about it okay alright man he smiled I'm going to bring you down on your birthday. Happy birthday, man. 
I hugged my friend Mark out there on the roof. Went back in the house, listened to Jessica bitch about how bad I stunk as I walked her and Jerry and my friend Mark downstairs. I got out to the street corner and I said, say goodbye to Jerry and Jessica. Mark and I hugged. Mark and I hugged again one more time out there by the fucking street ramp. I didn't give a shit to do it in front of the girls. Watched them cross the street. Watched Jessica make her smart ass remarks about how bad I stunk. Watched Mark crawl his tall, lanky ass into that old red car of his. And I watched the um, lights carry on down the street until they disappeared around the corner, maybe on the street. I never saw him again. Birmingham Poinsettia Chapter 15 Happy Immigration Birthday Make sure you join me next Wednesday 8pm same time and place Birmingham Poinsettia Yeah you guessed Chapter 16 bitches uh, Stan the Joe Man Show Be back on Friday High noon until then Bye Can Dios Me Amigos